Troy. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy, I guess it's Wednesday morning for you guys. I don't know what day it is for me in Australia, but we've got your NBA action covered from Tuesday night in the NBA. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Big Waz with Rob Lopez, icing the cake. Coming up on today's Daily Ding, the playoff push is shaping up. Lots of stars take Tuesday night off, and a major signing has happened in the basketball world. But first... D'Angelo Russell's the comeback king was. What a crazy finish. Nets 123, Kings 121 in Sacramento. The Brooklyn Nets were down 25 points in the fourth quarter and used a 45 to 18 quarter to win it behind D'Angelo Russell. 27 points and four assists in the fourth quarter. He was 10 of 15 from the field. He was 4-7 from deep. He just kept attacking the basket over and over and over. And so the Kings overplayed him on the final play when they were tied 121. Rondé Hollis Jefferson tries to hand off to him. D'Angelo Russell couldn't get it. He just told Rondé to go. Rondé attacks Marvin Bagley the third, gets a reverse layup to win the game with 0.8 seconds left. 44 points, 12 assists, four steals, 17 of 33 from the field, six of 15 from three. That was the final line for D'Angelo Russell. Rondé Hollis Jefferson finished with 14 points, six rebounds, three assists. King's biggest lead in this one was 28 points, but 25 in the fourth. Darren Fox, 27 points, nine assists. Bagley had 28 points and seven rebounds off the bench. Uh, Waz, this is this was one where like I wasn't really paying attention to it until it started. You know, it gets Same. to 20, it gets to 15, it gets to 10. I was like, uh oh, this seems like something's gonna happen here. Well, I looked up and I was like, okay, the game is over. They were down by like 30 something in the third quarter. That's when I was really watching it. I'm like, okay, this is, this is done. But I was like, oh, it's nice. Brooklyn's keeping their starters in there. They're still trying to win. This is cool. I still get to watch their, their best players, you know, Dinwiddie and Atoll. But then, you know, I look up and D'Angelo Russell would just not miss. He just wouldn't miss. And like you said, he kept attacking the paint. He was going off the dribble, pull up on the threes. Like he was just unstoppable. It was, it was great to see. Yeah, he's a, like, you know, you can't get too much off of plus minus, but I just think there are some funny plus minus numbers in this game. Uh, Jared Allen, minus 20 in 21 minutes. They, they end up winning. Karis LeVert, minus 27 in 24 minutes. They end up winning. Uh, Damari Carroll was minus 14 in 21 minutes. They end up winning because Jared Dudley was plus 27 in 12 minutes. Rondé Hollis Jefferson was plus 26 in 17 minutes. Uh, Trevon Graham was 20, plus 21 in 18 minutes. Um, it was just, it was such a weird game for that plus minus because of that crazy comeback. And for the Nets, like they're still pushing for the sixth seed. They're now what? They're now a half game behind the Pistons for for the sixth seed. And you know the Nets have been struggling as of late, but they do manage to keep these late games. You know these games that are blowouts. They manage to make a comeback. Like they almost had that comeback against the Clippers uh, within the last week. Like they they do find ways to to just ride either the hot hand of Spencer Dinwiddie or or D'Angelo Russell lately. And and you know it's just we talk about it all season long, but like the culture Kenny Atkinson has developed in Brooklyn, yep. the the way the guys buy in, like it's just a fun story. Yeah. It's, and it's, and it's awesome to see where they've come from, you know, like with, after getting fleeced by Boston for a bunch of guys and appendages and, and bandages, excuse me, and all of that. Appendages uh, too, man. You, you know, you have to, you have to bandage or something. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, to see where they've gone slowly building, slowly taking chances on guys and then just, just developing amazing young guys, you know, guys that weren't high pedigree, high lottery picks developing into quality NBA players. It's awesome to see. Yeah, and I wonder, like, I I thought, like, your guy Pascal Siakam was was the most improved player all season long, right? Like, he's just had such a leap. But D'Angelo Russell has become an all-star. He does have a lot of these big moments now. Like, it's a meaningless award, but I do wonder if stuff like this can help him kind of capture that award, even though it seems like Siakam's the guy. 
And this isn't the isn't the case of normally just upping your minutes load and you know uh, just upping your production. D'Angelo Russell, he's, he he got a lot of tick last year too, but he wasn't this productive. So he he does have a, a claim to that. Yeah, as for the Kings, you know they were their season was basically over. They're now seven games behind the the Clippers for the for the eight seed. You know they, I think you know since they're not going to make the playoffs because they only have twelve games left, like. I do want to see them with a 500 or better record. And to, so to see them lose a game like this, um, especially at home where they've been so good all season long, like I do feel bad for them. Like I legitimately want them to just not have a losing season for, I think the first time in like 13 years. Yeah, that would be, and it's, and it's a cool story because we all thought they were lotto bound before the season started. And so it's, it's, it would be cool for, to see them finish, you know, at least 500. Yeah. So, all right, we got, we, we're going to, touch on the playoff uh, scenario in the news section because not a lot of news but uh, just real quick before we get to that like in terms of who the Nets could scare right like right now it's a 2-7 mm. matchup with with the Raptors and I and, you know I'm not I'm not even not even needling your Raptors here like I do wonder like if you're the Sixers or you're the Raptors would you rather face the Nets or the Pistons in that first round <sighs> Probably ah, that's a tough question because I don't th- I think Blake would still be the best player on either the Pistons or the or the Nets. Yeah, but it, that team just seems like a mess to me. So you probably rather you probably would rather play the Pistons. They'd be a lot easier to scheme against. Um, you know they they don't have a lot of shooting. Yeah, you probably rather play Detroit in a playoff scenario. Yeah, because because especially like if you're if you're Toronto or you're Philly, you have the big men to throw at Blake, right? Like you have the guys to keep uh, to keep uh, Andre Drummond off the boards. You have the guys to attack someone like Reggie Jackson. Like it does seem like that's the better the better matchup. But also like the Pistons are just a good defensive team this year. Like they might just find ways to to kind of lock you down. And if they get just enough uh, of a performance from Blake Griffin, then maybe that's the the tougher the tougher get in terms of matchups. But just this this Nets team, it sounds so cliche, but like they refuse to go down, right? Like they refuse yeah. to lose. Like I do think that matters to some extent. Yeah, and and again, like D'Angelo, uh, D'Angelo Russell, I, I don't want to say he's a, a, a blue chipper, but he's not a guy. It's not like those old Nate Robinson Bulls teams that I like to ment- I like to reference because they won a ton of regular season games because of hustle and toughness. But like in the playoffs, it's like, all right, we we can go figure out how to guard Nate Robinson, right? Um, and and Joe Noah, but I, this team has players. They have playmakers. They got shot makers. So in a playoff scenario, that kind of stuff matters. Like down the stretch in the clutch um the the kings were locked in trying to defend these guys and d'angelo russell was able to get good looks consistently so you know this is this is a team that that needs to be reckoned with all right everybody you want to go to FanDuel because you want to play in the back-to-back wednesday challenge because if you win the back-to-back wednesday challenge that means you then get to be on the friday mailbag you get to talk to me you get to talk to big waz you get to listen to ted bark in the background you get to listen to boogie snore in the background you get the whole mailbag experience but you got to go to fanduelcom slash b2b you <laughs> sign up for an account you put five bucks in you're going to get five bucks from FanDuel. then you get to play with b2b listeners every single Wednesday for a chance to get on the Friday mailbag. That's FanDuel.com slash B2B. All right, let's get to the news. It's a light news day for, for Wednesday, but there's still a little bit of news. There have been rumors that Doc Rivers was maybe going to hop locker rooms, go to, the, go to the Lakers locker room, and start coaching the Lakers after the season. He denied all that by saying, hey, 
he and uh, Steve Ballmer basically worked out a contract extension that will uh, be finalized soon. Uh, Waz, it's good that one, these rumors are done for Doc and the Clippers because they got bigger things to worry about. And two, it's probably a smart move not to then just go over and try to be the guy who saves this whole LeBron Lakers scenario, depending on who they get this summer. Or the third option, he could be doing some like college basketball, college football type thing, like float your name for another job and then automatically start contract, get a contract extension with your current job. Uh, In the words of Stu Gatz, heady play. That's the way to do it. Uh, Also, before we get into this playoff picture, a big signing. I don't know if you guys listen to the back to back podcast, the basketball buds, but the athletic has signed us. Count the dings, daily ding, basketball's uh, nerdishy road. It's all going to be on the athletic. Big Waz now works for him. I've already worked for him. Rob Lopez works for him. So Waz, uh, how excited are you to be a colleague of mine in, in a second capacity? I mean, it's incredible. You know, it's incredible. We went from being unpaid interns at True Hoop <laughs> to, <Yeah>. <laughs> to, you know, our other endeavor from uh, 2017 to count the dings as straight up business partners. And now we are work colleagues. We're still business partners on the other side, but we are oh, now yeah. work colleagues. So you cannot sexually harass me anymore, Zach. But and, uh, when you were and, a and, shareholder, and you, you could. Now you can't. Right now, now it's now there. There's a real HR involved, not just not just Ben Aaron's. Uh, let's get into the playoff picture uh, before we before we get to the other games. Eastern Conference. All right, let's run through this real quick. The Bucks, Raptors, and Sixers have all clinched uh, a playoff spot. The Bucks are three games up on the Raptors for the one seed. That should be about done. The Sixers are two games up on Indiana for the two or for the three seed. That should be about done. Uh, or I'm sorry, two and a half games on, on the Pacers for the, the three seed. I uh, can't imagine the Sixers are going to fall off there. So now we get into who gets in between the, you know, for the four or five seed with the Pacers and the Celtics. And those guys are separated by a half game uh, was at least in terms of the, the top five of the Eastern conference. I am happy that Indiana has come, come out of the three seed Same. because Same. I do want a uh, selfishly as good as Indiana. Of course. Is, I do. Of course. I do want Raptors bucks, Sixers, Celtics in the second round. Yeah. And, and we're pretty much guaranteed. So long as they stay the hell out of the top three, we are good to go. They'll get mauled by Boston in the first round. Um, and we'll be able to get all of the great matchups that we were expecting in the Eastern conference, some combination of those top four teams playing in both the second and the third round is going to be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And then sorry, we Indiana, about, we talked, we talked to get, get, get well soon, Victor Oladipo and go trade for Mike Conley. That's what I would ask. Uh, we talked about Pistons nets in the earlier segment. So let's talk about the race for the eight seed. The um, Miami Heat are a game and a half up on the Orlando Magic. The Charlotte Hornets are three games behind the Miami Heat. Uh, Wizards are technically still in it. Uh, Hawks were eliminated today. So uh, it looks like it's still just a three-team race. And I would even say the Hornets are pretty much out of it. They're not going to make up three games in this in this final couple of weeks. So between Miami and Orlando, who's the team that you want to see the most grab that eight seed and challenge Milwaukee in the first round? I'd have to say Miami. Just because I know they're going to be extremely well coached. They're going to execute at a very high level. They're going to try to make it interesting. I just, you know, I, I mess with Steve Clifford. I, I, Orlando's team is cool, man. But I, I just think Miami has more pieces to work with. And Spo is just a magician. Come playoff time come, and come regular season time. He's, he's always quick with an adjustment. He's always quick with a, an incredible game plan. 
Yeah, and even a quick four or five games, you know, I'd still want to see Dwayne Wade in the playoffs one more time. Even if well, it's not yeah, and, and and you know what? I forgot about the D Wade angle because you know the thing is he's playing. He ain't on no Dirk Nowitzki this season. He's actually an NBA player still. Um, so it'll be nice, absolutely, to see him in the playoffs one more time for sure. Yeah. I agree with. You. Uh, the uh, the war in the West, the Warriors and Nuggets have both clinched. The only teams that have clinched so far, Warriors are a half game up on the Nuggets for the one seed. Uh, do you think the Warriors are, are stressing this one seed after having to come through against Houston on the road in a game seven last year? No, <laughs> no, I, I don't think they're pressed to do it. Uh, and if you t- and, I, and I think if you talk to anybody, if you talk to Draymond, if you talk to Steph, Draymond in a public moment. But I think if you talk to Steph in a private moment or Clay or KD, they're like, we don't need home court to wax these dudes. Right, right. They pro- I mean, they probably don't uh, in terms of the three through five uh, kind of. I get or three through six really mess in the, in the West the Rockets are a game and a half up on Portland. Portland is a game and a half up on San Antonio and OKC for the four seed. And the Spurs are Spurs and thunder are battling out for that, that home court spot as well. Uh, Spurs on the tiebreaker for the series between the thunder thunder have seven of the remaining 11 games at home. Uh, they do have a home, a home and home against Toronto this week. And then it gets a little easier. Spurs have six of their final 11 on the road. Um, only four games against playoff teams. The Spurs, uh, I know Dave and, and Trey talked about it last night. Like the Spurs have gone on this run that they may be set up to like really grab this four seed. Which is incredible because there were there was a point early on in the season where I thought they wouldn't even make the playoffs. They had a couple of nasty stretches where they could not guard a freaking toilet paper, you know. And, and so to see where they've come this long way to get to grab a fourth seed would be incredible. And it's just to show you, like Greg Popovich is absolutely the greatest coach of his generation, and you know one of the greatest coaches of all time, of course. Absolutely. And then it gets even crazier after that because the jazz and the Clippers are only a half game behind the thunder and the Spurs. And so the jazz, they still have the easiest road. They only have two games against playoff teams in their final 12. Uh, and those are the two final games of the season for them. So they should be able to surge ahead, although they haven't really taken advantage of, a, of their easy playoff schedule, you know, like I thought they would. And then the Clippers, five of their final 11 on the road, five games against playoff teams. The jazz do own the tiebreaker over them, but I don't know how, like, I, who knows? Like the jazz aren't that far away from being the four seed. So I don't know how this is going to shake out. I don't even know what to ask you in terms of like what matchups you want to see in the West, because I don't know that we can even pretend to know I what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think the West is jumbled, and it's been said enough this year. The West is jumbled enough outside of golden state that we're going to have pretty fascinating matchups. Like whoever Denver matches up with is going to be fun. Utah, the same thing. OKC, all these teams. So, you know, it's going to be a fun playoff run no matter what. Yeah, I think I I think the only one I truly want to see is either Thunder Rockets for, for the Russ versus Harden thing or or Jazz Thunder for the whole Russ versus Rubio thing and, and those two teams just not liking each other. And by the way, you know, that little fan thing's a little spicy. Mm, yeah, that would <laughs> Russ back in Utah for the playoffs. I wonder if like psychologically they'd be like, Well, we don't want to turn this into a clan rally. But then what if they wow. would just no, let's double down? <laughs> just, just, just a crazy fan just leans into it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is, like, seriously, just lean in on that.
All right, folks, we have tickets available. Countthedings.com, social media platforms, our May 18th live show in Chicago. You know there's going to be karaoke the night before. You know there's going to be an incredible live show the night of May 18th. My parents are going to be there. Lots of special guests are going to be there. So you want to go to countthedings.com or you want to go to our social media platforms and you want to buy tickets for May 18th. If you miss the L.A. show, if you miss the Boston show, you miss the New York show because you were in the middle of the country, you don't have an excuse anymore. Chicago is super easy to get to. They got like nine airports there. You can fly to Milwaukee and drive like an hour and a half. You can do whatever you need to do to get to Chicago. So May 18th, go buy a ticket. You want to see this live show. You don't want to miss Big Waz on stage. All right, let's get into the other games from Tuesday night. Sixers 118, Hornets 114 in Charlotte. No Joel Embiid in this one, but Ben Simmons and J.J. Redick made up for it. Ben Simmons, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. J.J. Redick, 27 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Almost had a triple-double. He got his first career double-double, and that counts his days at Duke. Never had one at Duke. Uh, he was 7 of 14 from three-point range. Jeremy Lamb had 26 points off the bench. He had a chance to tie it, driving against TJ McConnell and miss kind of an easy floater there uh, in traffic, but it should have knocked that one down. Uh, Sixers ended up winning it. Tobias Harris, 22 points, 11 rebounds. Kemba Walker had 21. Jimmy Butler, 23 points, 9 assists. Bucks, Lakers. Bucks, 115. Lakers, 101. No Giannis. Load management, no LeBron, apparently a growing injury. No fans problem. Over, no problem for the Bucks because it is the Lakers. Uh, fans spent over $6,000 on ticket resale market to see these two stars square up, and they didn't get it. And Waz, can I just say something real quick? And I know I'm the jerk that doesn't like fans and all this stuff, but I actually enjoy those stories when people go crazy on the resale market to go see it, you know, assuming that a, a star is going to be there at the end of the season. Never assume a star is going to be there. Never assume that you're going to get your money's worth with those end of the season games. Like that's not how it ends up working out. If Darren Ravel can research your ticket purchasing, it's probably going to be a bad thing. Also, man, listen, if you, if this is my thing with the $6,000 court size, see, I know a lot of it is just status symbol. Like it's, it's this 40 something guy who's clearly done pretty well for himself out there with a chick that's like 26 years old next to him. Like it's usually those kind of situations at court side with this. And then not there for just for the basketball, but like, if you're willing to pay that much to watch an NBA game, like you should have an appreciation for what Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe, or even a Kyle Kuzma and Brandon Ingram do, right? Like, it should be okay. <laughs> you're, saying, you're saying I've spent $6,000. I better appreciate yeah. Chris Middleton's 30, yes, 10, and yes, 15 last Yes, sir. Night. Yes, sir. <laughs> Brooke Lopez also had a revenge game. 28 points, 9 rebounds, 4 blocks, made 5 threes. Even uh, got an ovation from the crowd when the ball was stuck up on the top of the backboard and he, uh, he poked it down with the broom there, uh, waved his hands, took a bound. It was a fun moment. Kentavious Caldwell Pope, 35 points off the bench. He hit eight threes. He had 21 of those in the second quarter. Miritich, 23.6 rebounds. He finally got going. Kyle Kuzma, 17.5 rebounds. Rondo and Reggie Bullock both had 13 points off the bench. Rockets, 121. Hawks, 105 in Atlanta. James Harden, 31 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. Became the first player to score 30-plus versus every NBA team this season. Also set the record for three-point attempts in a season. Was we, we have three weeks left in the season. He's already set the record for most three-point attempts in a, in, a, in a campaign. Money ball, Maury ball, three ball, corner He's pocket ch- ball. He's chucking them. He is just chucking them. Clint Capella, 26 points, 11 rebounds. What's that? We talked about those fans in Utah leaning in potentially. James Harden has leaned into this Maury ball thing, and it's quite obvious. 
Yeah, it's quite obvious that it's, it's pretty lucrative for him, too. Uh, Trey Young, 21 points, 12 assists. Daniel House, 19 points off the bench. John Collins had 20 and 10. Torian Prince, 16 points. Vince Carter, 15 points. Warriors 117, Wolves 107 in Minneapolis. No DeMarcus Cousins in this one. Steph Curry went off. The Wolves were actually up like 13, 15 points in the first quarter, and yet we're down at the down three points at the end of the first quarter because the, the Warriors just did what the Warriors do. Steph Curry, 36 points, five assists, eight of 14 from three-point range. He cleared 303 pointers in a season for the third time in his career. He has five of the seven greatest volume three-point shooting uh makes seasons in NBA history. He also gave the NBA its first season in which two players have cleared 303 pointers in a season. James Harden is the other one. Uh, as we talked about with all those attempts, Carl Anthony towns, 26 points, 21 rebounds, four assists did have seven turnovers. Clay Thompson went off early. He had 20, he finished with 28 points. Kevin Durant, 17 points, nine assists. Andrew Wiggins, 20 points, eight rebounds, six assists. Jonas Derebko had 18 off the bench. Josh Kogi had 19. Uh, I almost felt bad for the wolves, but you know, this is just what the warriors do. And it doesn't matter if they're missing a guy. They Steph goes off. Clay goes off. There's nothing you can do was everybody. Everybody's going to talk about that Steph third quarter, which was obviously incredible and amazing. And, you know, we kind of taking it for granted right now because it seems routine when he goes off on one of these spurts. But I thought it was cool in the second quarter when Steph was on the bench. KD was basically initiating all the offense at the top of the key with high screen and roll. He was the he was the playmaker, the driver, and they were getting quality looks. Granted, it's the Wolves. It's not exactly the ninth Knicks we're talking about, but they like they were able to generate quality looks no matter who was on the floor and I think that just bodes well for their playoff chances if you know if you put KD in a game in a situation where there's a decent amount of shooting and you let him play make like he makes incredible reads on a routine basis man the Warriors are gonna be fine that's two nostalgic uh, Knicks references for you was I'm, I'm getting a little I'm getting a little worried here oh, by the way Draymond Green five points ten rebounds nine assists four blocks in this one he was pretty he was pretty good as well Clippers 115 Pacers 109 in LA Danilo Gallinari 24 points Montrez Harrell 20 and 12 off the bench uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander had 17 for the Pacers Boyan Bogdanovich 19 points five rebounds Tyreek Evans had 19 off the bench Doug McDermott had 17 points off the bench Dougie McBuckets and Demontis Sabonis another big game 13 points, 16 rebounds, six assists. Uh, but the Pacers do fall in this one, and the Clippers have all but cinched up that uh, that top eight in the Western Conference as the Kings are just about eliminated. Let's go to the line of the night. D'Angelo Russell, 44 points, 12 assists, four steals, four rebounds. James Harden had 31, 10, and 8. Chris Middleton, the appreciation for Chris Middleton was 30 points, 10 rebounds, five assists. Cat uh, had 26, 21, and four in this one. Who gets your line of the night? My line of the night is going to be Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, 26 points, 21 rebounds, wow. 4 assists. Yeah, and, and and I know it came in a loss, but th- there were times in that game where I'm just like, yo, this guy is fighting, constantly fighting, playing his ass off. And the way the season started with all the soap opera with Jimmy Butler and this, this, that, and the third, and he took Matt Long to sign his extension in the offseason to send messages. Like, he's had such a phenomenal stretch. And so it's nice to see him respond and just show people that he is one of the elite players in this league. Yeah, he's been really good the last three months. Uh, I got to go D'Angelo Russell. Is you know, twenty-seven points in the in the fourth quarter alone led the huge comeback. 44-12-4 and four in this one. Uh, he was just too good. Uh, games to watch for Wednesday night was I got to go Celtics Sixers because I want to see if the Sixers can finally get into the head of the Celtics. Celtics own them 
year in and year out. And this is the chance where the, the Sixers get to prove them. No, 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 no. We might be something you don't want to face in the playoffs. Is Aaron Baines playing? That's a good question. That's all I know. care about. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming JoJo's playing, although he has a little bit of a knee issue. Uh, Aaron Baines and his and his. Uh, I guess it's, it's not really bun? a man bun. It's not really a ponytail. It's like a it's like a money a money bun or something like that. I don't really know what to call it, but uh, yeah, if he plays, it's going to be good. If he doesn't, Al Horford still ha- you know holds his own against Joel Embiid, so that's my game to watch. This is completely coincidence, but the next, my game to watch is the other ESPN game, and that's Toronto versus OKC. And for me, I'm interested because I think a, a lot of what's going to determine Toronto's outcomes is how they manage their too big rotation. And I just want to see how they match up against Steven Adams, how they handle that, whether it be uh, Marcus Gasol or whether it be Serge Ibaka. Well, actually, is Ibaka back from his punching people suspension? I think that he might have one more game. <laughs> That's a good question, though. I forgot he was a, he was suspended. To be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he almost ended Marquise Chris' life, man. But anyway, I think that I think their management of the big man rotation, their ability to find a way to generate quality looks consistently that isn't just Kawhi Leonard ISO. Um, you know that that's what's going to determine their outcomes in the postseason. Make sure you like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash count the dings. Don't forget, if you're a Patreon subscriber already, you're getting a free year of The Athletic with our switch over to The Athletic. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you want to subscribe and still listen to the, the basketball pods that we have. If you're not a Patreon subscriber, theathletic.com slash dings40, you're going to get 40% off. That's like three bucks a month for the entire year. So you want to make sure that you subscribe so you can keep listening to the Daily Ding, to the Basket Buds, and to Nerdist She Wrote. Subscribe uh, to the Black Opinions Matter Monday feed. Subscribe to the Mailbag feed. Subscribe to the House of Strauss and Pack Your Knives. And stay with that Patreon if you're a Patreon subscriber. Thanks for waking up with us. Thanks for uh, you know listening to us while you brush your teeth and you eat your breakfast and you take your vitamins and all that stuff. Waz, I need to sign off. Wow, ding. You make my heart sing. <laughs> That's the worst sign off. <laughs>